Today's podcast is brought to you by my number one choice in tires, Pirelli. And since I used to be a race car driver, I know a thing or two about tires. The iconic tire brand is known for its long tradition of innovation, advanced technologies, and high-quality products. Pirelli recently added the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3 to its American range. Developed to go the distance, it comes with a 70,000-mile treadwear warranty. Choose more mileage, more comfort, more control with the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3. Ask your local dealer for a tune-up. Trust me, I'm a driver. From traveling the world and meeting people from, you know, from very different walks of life, it's opened my eyes in a beautiful way to understanding um, that there's a lot more to understand. There's, if there's a, uh, a faith that I don't understand, I, I long to understand it as best I can. Um, and I think it's it's really allowed me to 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 seek truth and not just belief. If you can if you can appreciate the truth of appreciating truth um and rather than if if you you know appreciate the truth about this faith then that counters your own faith as long like that's that's where things in my opinion get Mm. you know you get the hiccup and i and i do also believe we are seeking truth in in as a just as humans as people right um and and there are so many truths in in all of that This podcast exists because I love talking to people and I love going deep. The purpose is to plant seeds of inspiration. We enter a space of vulnerability and relatability. And what you realize is that we are so much more alike than we are different. To quote Ram Dass, we're all just walking each other home. And the show is just one step. I'm Danica Patrick and I'm pretty intense. On the show today is Hunter Hayes. He's a absolutely adorable, deep, fascinating, self-reflective human being that has really used music to learn about himself, to process things. And, you know, for me, that's the coolest thing about an artist is when you really, when you hear those stories and it just makes the music so much more meaningful. And that's probably also why someone is so popular and why someone has resonance is because it's coming from that space of being truthful and vulnerable. So I hope you enjoy this interview today. I sure did. He's just like such a doll and um, excited for what's to come from here on out from Hunter Hayes. So nice to meet you. I, uh, it's good I've to listened meet you. to your music for so long. So nice. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Did, it's, you ever it's, go to, it's, did you ever go to a NASCAR race? Like, were you ever asked to perform or anything? I did. I got to, uh, I got to sing the national anthem. Um, no, sorry. I did not sing the national anthem. What am I talking about? No, I got to do a performance. Um, we got to do two actually. I got to wave the flag at the beginning of the race, which was pretty pretty dope. Was not prepared for how loud or like what happens at the beginning of a race, like the amount of like debris coming off the track. It was it was that was quite an experience. <laughs> it's a dirty yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. I did I went and saw you in Chicago when you were uh touring with um Carrie Underwood. Oh nice. The okay. Center. Yeah, you know, okay, nice. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember that specific show. It was years um, ago. That was probably 2012. 2012, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that was a crazy year. We did, I think, 95 shows on that tour total. It was insane. Yeah, that was a, it was a crazy intense tour. Because, like, you know, like, we're really spoiled in Nashville because we can tour on weekends and, like, we can do Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. And that was a tour that was, like, three shows on one day off, three shows, one day off. It was like solid booked through. And I hadn't experienced that at that until that point. I was spoiled. Like I had entered my professional touring career as like, yeah, we'll do three shows a week, maximum four, four shows a week. And we were doing, you know, almost six, five, six shows at least a week. And it was just nonstop for like six months. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was, I learned a lot about touring on that tour. The most about like touring on that tour. Like what? Well, well, just how to sustain, how to be sustained how to make it sustainable like I, I love playing i love performing i love doing what i do um and uh, again i was used to doing it on the weekend so i always had like a sunday and a monday and a tuesday to sort of like recuperate and and take care of myself which i honestly i'm still learning how to take care of myself i, I still don't know how to do that um but on that tour i learned a lot about like how to 
how to really honestly have a day off and what I should do on a day off. Because typically on days off, I, I, I do some other form of music. I end up working anyway, because I love what I do. Like, it's not like, it's not, it's not draining, but I think I realized that I had to really take advantage of days off and like go on road trips and go on trips by myself and things like that and really properly recharge, you know? Mm. So I feel like of all industries affected in the last year, like, music has been a huge one, especially obviously from the aspect of performing. So do you feel like you learned even more in the last year with like taking care of yourself? And I know you said you're still working on it. I mean, aren't we all, but, um, yeah. but did you learn anything else about ways that you can better take care of yourself so that perhaps, you know, world tour coming up? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think it's the first time I've actually sat down and really realized touring is so many good things for me that I that I charge on that so much. It, it fills my soul in a lot of different ways. There's the travel aspect. There's I get to do what I love. Like I get to play music and I get to actually connect with people. I get to see what we've done in a vacuum, how it how it connects with human beings in, in person. I read their reaction when they're singing you know, a song with you on, on that's, you can feel that you can, um, and you can, it just lifts you in such a big way. It just fills your tank. And also like I got spoiled. I didn't realize how much of a deal this was, but I got spoiled. I was with like-minded people. We're on a bus of 12 people. I'm with like-minded people every night. I'm going out to my favorite bar, which is the front lounge of the bus every night and hanging out with my favorite people after the show. There's so many elements of touring that um, I, I think I'm, I'm well. Number one, I'm grateful for, but I'm also grateful for the lesson that that I've learned in the last year, which is how how much I love what I do, and how much I love being on the road, and how important that is for me. And it's not just, you know, it's not about a, a, attention or or um, or just you know making a buck being out on the road. It's it it's still a passion of mine, and I'm really grateful that I've gotten to sort of see it while being without it you know, and, and, and really sit down and, and become aware of the things that are good for me. And also become aware of the things that when I do go back on the, on the road, things that I, um, that I can probably do without, or, or things I should change about my daily routine and, um, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and there's just, you know, even separate of the road, just, yeah, how to be a human, how to, you know, I, I, I think I, threw myself into work when I realized we weren't going to tour for a while. Like I was like, all right, I'll make an album. I'll finish the album I've been working on for two, three years. Um, and I would do that until, you know, four o'clock in the morning. And I'd run myself into the ground. I still do it. <laughs> I'd still run myself into the ground. Yeah. Um, well, you love what you do. Do you feel like it gave like the album sort of, um, sort of migrated a little bit out of country and into this new, you've, I think you've been in LA more often. Like, do you feel like the sound changed too? Like, was that part of um, this transformation? A bit, yeah. Well, I, you know, my sound's never been purely one thing. I think if if I've if I've ever if I've ever had a struggle, it's been that I don't just fit in in one place. Uh, and I think this was the year that I finally stopped seeing that as a struggle and seeing that as an advantage and seeing that yeah. as a good thing. And I, I, I've always felt like it was a good thing, and I've always instinctually known that. I think um, it can come at, uh, at a challenge when you're when you're asked to label yourself as one thing. Um, and I think this year was just the year that I said, well, I don't really have to. And, and I think people are, people are still going to get what I do and people are still going to, um, dig it, especially if I include more of, of the things that I love in the music that I make. If I don't try to edit it out based on my understanding of other people's expectations, but I just give them, you know, all of the influences that I love. If I put all of it together in a, in a project, um, and, and spending more time in LA was definitely part of that. That was something that was both calculated and non-calculated. We honestly, it, it started purely as let's get an Airbnb. If we're going to work, if I'm going to work, you know, and so hard on an album, let's go to a really scenic place. You know, we have a self-sufficient team. I, I was kind of like, let's all be somewhere we really want to be. Um, and that turned into me getting a real estate agent and me, you know, acquiring this little studio compound. And, um, at, cause I just, there's a lot of people I love working with out there. I love being out there. Um, I've still got a place in Nashville 
and I kind of split my time between the two, but I think being out there also just like, it was a, you know, a scenery change. It was a visual change. And every day that I woke up, I was in a, in this new place and, um, and it allowed me to, to undo those filters and, and really include the whole, the rest of the story. Well, of course, I'm going to ask, what is that? But you said it changed the scenery, but the scenery changes your emotions and your feeling. And so I'm curious about what those things were that changed as a result of seeing things visually different out your window. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> or how did you I, see yourself differently? I saw myself differently. Uh, the the limiting beliefs that I think I had, that I had. Um, of like? Maybe I can't include all of the other genres that I love, or maybe I can't do certain things with my musical production. Um, I also think writing wise, it helped tremendously. And it also helped too, that I was working with like different producers and different people in different um, sort of job titles. I love producing. And for some reason I had told myself that I couldn't, I couldn't produce my own music. And mm. in all actuality, I really enjoy that part of the process. I love collaboration. And I think I had to learn um, or I am learning that, you know, collaborations don't all have to look the same. And, you know, in the past, you know, certain people who do certain tasks in the, in the order of making music, it's been always very linear. And I think I had to break the line and just say, no, I like, I like being involved in this part. And then I like giving it away. And then I like being involved in this part and, and just learning where, where my strengths play into what I love to do. Um, it's not that I have to do all of one thing or all of the the other thing. I enjoy the collaboration and I enjoy um, sort of the, the tag team effort of it. So that was one thing that I, I, I learned from being out there and working with people out there and also just working on my own music. You know, I, I wasn't looking at a wall, um, the same wall working on, on production anymore. I had a, I had a window with a, a view of the mountains and I just felt like I was in this super scenic like retreat. So it sort of felt like I was on vacation making the album, which which undoes Maybe making like a Kenny Chesney like beach chair kind of an album now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not necessarily, but and it also <laughs> allowed me to fall in love with you know. There's a lot of parts of of Los Angeles that have a very historic place in music making. I can't tell you how many times I've watched the you know Sound City documentary and things like that. Um, also allowed me to go back to. I really like old music. I say old music. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm whatever. I like older music. I love stuff that was made in certain eras because those eras were full of instrumentation that is timeless to me that doesn't ever get old. We saw it this year. One of my favorite albums of all time got another swing at life this year because somebody posted a TikTok on a freaking skateboard singing, you know, a Fleetwood oh. Mac song. And then all of a sudden everybody was paying attention to my favorite Fleetwood Mac. One of my top three all-time favorite albums hmm. was was on like a Spotify playlist, like freaking like whatever it was. It was on this like super popular playlist that I listen to all the time. But here was this super dope old sound that actually still sounds new and fresh. So I think I just reconnected with that too. Like I, I want to make music that sounds timeless and doesn't just follow trends or just study what's working and, and apply that. Um, I think you already have done that. I feel like I've talked to a lot of artists and I find it to be such a redeeming quality within an artist, whether it be like I talked to Moby, um, Macklemore, like some of these guys where you can't like you. It's hard to even put your finger on exactly what the genre is because you, you're creating your own, which to me says it's really you're really accessing it from spirit or from your, um, your truth or who you are. And that is not something that's quantifiable. That's not boxable. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. And so yeah. I, 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 I admire you for sticking with that. And, and in fact, even like going in deeper, have there been aspects of the going in deeper that have felt really uncomfortable? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to, uh, honestly, last night, one of, one of, my friends had a brilliant quote. I don't know if you heard this, but he said, you know, if you, if you want to have massive success, you also have to have a massive trash can. <laughs> and it, it's a ridiculous statement, but it's so true. Like you have to be, my, my, my ratio is like a hundred songs to get 10 that consistently. It doesn't matter. Like 
it doesn't matter that I'm learning how to make better music or, or learning how to access that thing quicker or more efficiently or be more present. I'm still going to need to write like three songs to get the point across and get to the place where, and sometimes it's the first song. Sometimes you end up tossing everything that happens after because you think you can do it better. And then you realize you already did it more, you know, honest. Um, so I think that, you know, there's scary stuff. It's been um, trying things and, you know, knowing full well that, I mean, anything outside of the, I know that this is what people are expecting from me. Anything outside of that is scary. And, um, and I've, I can't tell you how many songs I've, I've written and fully produced and finished and just said, I love this song, but this does not need to come out. Nobody needs to hear this. I is just that need to you make saying this. that or is that a record label saying that? That's me. Luckily, I am my record label now. So. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> um, High five. So it's, uh, thank you. And that's, is, I think that's honestly the scariest part because oh. I love, I love input. I think in the past I've looked to input for approval and I had to readjust that understanding of, of the people whose opinion I really do value around me and my capabilities of saying, I appreciate that. I, I'm going to trust my gut on this because I believe in this because the times in the past that I have trust me, like I'm, I love, I love telling this story because I love other creatives being encouraged by this. But I remember there was a song called I went crazy that I put out that was one of our biggest hits. It was a massive pop crossover. And, um, I remember turning that song into the label and I couldn't get anybody's reaction. I couldn't get anybody to react to it. You know, we were talking about singles. We were talking about the next project. And I was like, I think this is one of our big songs. And at the time you, for context, I didn't believe that I was capable because I'm so close to all of these songs are my children. Um, you know, I didn't believe that I was capable of picking a single cause I'm, I'm, you know, inherently biased. Um, I, I didn't trust my, my instincts based on my study of what was working at the time. And I also believed that that's what made a hit, but I, I stuck, I stuck my neck out for this song. And, and, um, I called the guy I was that was producing the song with me, or we were working on other things and we snuck it in to a budget, to a timeline without anybody knowing. And we finished the song, we played it for the label and they're like, holy crap, that's our next single. And you know, that's happened a few times. I've, I've called a few, a few songs out. And I only say that because I think those are lessons that I have to remind myself of the trusting your gut and trusting your instinct. The scariest thing to answer your question, finally, but the, the scariest thing is, is, you know, when you're used to having a team that says this is going to work, or this is, you know, or this is the single, or this is the thing. Um, and now you're the one having to trust your gut and trust your instinct. Uh, I don't know why I keep removing myself now that I'm <laughs> in this position. Um, I have to really trust my gut and trust my instinct. And so far, um, you know, and, and also I, I, I want to have the right people around me that I can, that I can trust as well, you know, to, uh, to call me up or call me, call me out, you know, mm, what's your relationship to, um, vulnerability in your music? I, I feel like it's pretty good. <laughs> um, I pour a lot of it. I pour a lot of myself into to what I write and and what I put out and and also the stories that I tell about it. I'm um, I'm I'm renegotiating my relationship with you know what parts of my story I, I give away. I think you know there was a relationship As in that was very pulling it back. Well, not I wouldn't say pulling it back. I would say there are certain things I, I want to I want to protect for my personal self. I pour my entire life story into these songs yeah. and there's some things i'm i'm okay with there's most things i'm okay with the entire world knowing and there's some things that i don't feel like um you know it, some things i don't want to share some things i don't feel like are appropriate to share you know there's uh, there's certain aspects of of a song that i released recently that aren't at all about what people think it, that it's about but that's okay because the song means something different for them. And that's what I want. I, I, you know, I go through these experiences. I live through them. I find a way to talk about them in a song and then I give them away. I want other people to take, you know, ownership with it. That said, I'm, I, I feel, if anything, I feel like I overshare <laughs> because I do share a lot of um, my personal life and also just my, my struggles, my different things with, you know, whether it be like anxiety, um, you know, different sort of like mild forms of, uh, I almost feel guilty saying depression, which I know sounds dumb, but 
um, I'm happy to share those things. I'm happy to share my, my human experience with the world because I think that's what, that's, that's part of what makes my art. You know, that is you, what makes my art. Have you realized or been identified in any way to be like a, a really like a deep empath? Do you realize that you absorb people's energy? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. That's I've hard. learned, I've learned that recently. Yeah. It's, and I think that's one of the things that drove me to songwriting was I have to yeah. have a place. I have to have a place to put this, you know, and, and yeah. I have to make these things. Um, yeah. I just have to put them somewhere. There has to be an outlet. Yeah. How has knowing that shifted, like even the people, does it change the people you spend time with or what you do? Um, just because I know that like from friends that have this ability, like have anxiety, which is taking on emotions. And, you know, that's one of the ways that it happens. It also can come from ruminating on things for too long and kind of letting yourself spiral. Um, but, uh, but just, you know, large groups or, you know, certain people, certain dynamics, have you seen, you know, with, you know, moving, obviously that feels good to you. I'm curious what, if that's part of the learning about yourself yeah yes when i read myself when i read my my own body and listen to my myself you know um and to pay attention to when i'm in a situation that i i feel anxious or um nervous energy bad energy about or just you know not great energy um and learning how to how to sort of take breaks and and give myself what i need and feed myself uh, cause it's really easy to continue to feed this. I, I, like I said, I love what I do. So it's easy for me to, to excuse giving and giving and giving and giving, um, until I've got a thing left to give, you know, uh, and especially, you know, not to keep going back to the, the past year, but we've all experienced versions of this. Um, my version is, you know, I didn't have touring. I didn't have that thing to, to continue to fill my tank. And I kept, emptying my tank to make music and to, you know, do interviews and do other things and, um, realized how low and depleted I was. Um, but yes, it has changed how I spend time with people and how I prioritize, uh, my own time versus my time that I give to the people around me. Mm -hmm. Do you find that when you are more in that space of, um, feeling more that you write more? Sometimes, some uh, I've had to get better, better at journaling. I think for a long time I, I excused writing as journaling, and it is, and it can be, and it has been, but it's not always. You are inherent. You are editing. You are making something fit into four lines, eight lines, three lines, a, a pre-chorus, a chorus. Um, you're you're simplifying a lot of things to make it into a song that works for a lot of people. So it's not really proper journaling. You leave a lot out. Um, so I've had to get better properly journaling and, and really, um, finding a place where all of it can, can be put on paper. Have, I mean, have you had some pretty cathartic sort of breakthroughs in this deeper level of journaling? Because, you know, I ask about vulnerability in your music and yeah, it's there, but clearly there was still more to be had if you allowed yourself to go there. Speaking from experience, so it's not like I'm, I mean, like I've literally had breakdowns, breakthroughs, call them what you want, but it's, it's like, they're, they're, they're very emotional. Yeah, no, for sure. And also learning how to journal too. Cause when you're a song, like you train, I train myself. So for so long to be a, a better songwriter, mm. um, you have to undo so many of those things to be a better journalist, oh, to, yeah. to be a better journal whatever to write to do better at journaling <laughs> and yeah. um that makes also, sense because you're putting a pen to paper to write a song you're putting a pen to paper to journal so they feel you know uh sort of reflexively very similar but the space that you're entering is very different yeah i, I have to like i have to go to a location to journal um it's really yeah, difficult for me to I mean, share your tips because there's a lot of people yeah. that this could be very helpful for yeah. Well, I had to like, I had to find new places that aren't associated with, um, you know, with music. Mm. I've also, um, been able to really reassociate certain places with journaling. Like I I've, I've chosen to, uh, go to places that maybe I'm scared to go to cause they hold a certain memory. I love going there and journaling and sort of re Valuing my relation because it, it, I'm I feel better and like I I I get to actually process what those feelings are 
I get to put them in a journal in, a, in an entry. Um, and all of a sudden those places become healing places for me. All the places that, uh, that is always kind of a goal of mine. If there is a place that has a bad um, connection for me or a connection to a bad emotion, it, I sort of see it as a challenge. I need to go there. I need to, you know, whether it be journal or just like kind of meditate a, a, in a way. Um, I, I love going there, reevaluating so that those places become my favorite places and places that I actually really Are you enjoy doing going. this all on your own? Or do you have no. a therapist? I mean, the guy had two <laughs> at one point. So like, no, don't I, judge. I, I get to work with an incredible um, therapist who um, actually designs one of my favorite sort of intensives that I've also been to. Um, mm. So I feel like I've got access to like a professor of sorts and that's um, amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really grateful that not only that I, you know, I, I, I did the intensive, which I've wanted to do for several years. Um, but it's just so easy to say, well, I don't have time or I like, I don't want to, I don't want to give up a week of my time because my team needs me for that. It's such a dumb excuse, but that's the one I used for a long time. And this year it was kind of like, well, I don't have any more excuses and I need to do this. And, oh, um, man. So yeah, have you so heard of the? Uh, have you ever heard of? Um, it's making me think of like Hoffman. Have you ever heard mm. of the Hoffman Institute? It's like there's I think two locations, but it's a week long where you like dive into the uh, dynamics and sort of emotions of childhood. Because I don't know if you figured it out yet, but it literally all is before you're six years old, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Have you figured that out? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a pretty wild one for me. Um, and and dealing with that was was incredible. I, it's so funny how long it took me uh, to sort of face that because we knew like walking into it like that's where we needed to start. But I I fought it and I, I I walked my way backwards from here to then like over the course of several days and uh, was finally it was very very clear to me what I was running from and what I was scared to sort of like face you know head on. Um, so yeah, I, I actually haven't heard of Hoffman. What's it, what's it called? Hoffman, I think it's called the Hoffman Institute or Hoffman Process. Yeah. I think it's maybe the Hoffman mm. Process, but there's a few different kinds. I mean, there's like, that's like a really famous one for being like a week long. You can't, you go, you can't use your phone. You can't work out. You literally like can't do anything that you would lean on. I almost mm. went, but then COVID happened and I couldn't go. And, um, and I remember like for myself, it was like, you can't work out. And I remember thinking phone, who cares? And I was like, work out. Why is that so bad? And then I was like, <laughs> I probably have some kind of an attachment to that as being like an outlet or a coping mechanism. Um, mm. But you can't do anything. Um, but those processes are so, I mean, it's like, I've been thinking lately that the, um, the human experience is really simple yet complicated or, and complicated because mm. it's simple in that everything in your reality is, is kind of reflecting you back to you or showing mm -hmm. you, you through like a trigger or through a judgment or through somebody else projecting and how that makes it, it's all information about you. Yet it's complicated mm. because you can't see you. You need mm. other people to see you because since it's an original sort of like root programming, you can't know the program. It's already there. Like the program mm. is already installed. And so you can't tell what program you're running because it's on autopilot. And so you're like, oh, mm. wow. And you need all, and you get all this feedback from other people. It's really you experiencing yourself. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's a great way to put that. It's, yeah. That makes a lot. And that makes a lot of sense. That's totally applicable. I relate to that. But yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. I, I do it, it. One of, one of my biggest breakthroughs was, um, was when we had the conversation of, um, you know, it, like you just, I, I just shrugged off. Like, what do you love about yourself? It's like, what, 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 what that, how, how do I even, what, what does it mean? And, uh, and we had to, again, kind of reverse engineer into that as well. You know, okay, well pick, pick, pick your, you know, your favorite person, someone you love deeply. What, what, what is it that you love about them? And you, you name those things and those top five things are actually things that you 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 see in that person because you see it in yourself. Um and that was a wild like groundbreaking thing for me. Uh because I was like holy crap I 
okay, I get it. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And, and the negative is true as well. You know, uh, I've, that's really helped me because anytime I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm saying this knowing that I'm in the room with someone who's experienced me at my best and my absolute worst. But um, but it has really helped me understand people who, you know, who I have a hard time getting along with, you know, or have a hard time working with or um, or I mean, just just people in general, like, it, you know, um, if there's something that I that bothers me about them, chances are it's just because it, it bothers me about myself. It's something that I really want to work on. So, yeah. Or something you deny. That's such the common one. Mm. Like when we judge, like when I judge something in someone, I'm like, oh yeah, that's because I'd never allow myself to do that or act like that or whatever it may be. Like it's a denial. That's like Mm. totally where my judgments come in. I mean, there's a lot of ways to unpack it for sure, but it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing. The human experience is so fascinating. And so, you know, I, I think that while I know we're not talking directly about music, but it's this depth that creates it right? It's this depth that um, gives you, oh, like a need almost really, right? Like it's there, it's, it's therapeutic, it's an outlet, it's a release. And so what do you think it is that um, in saying that it makes me think about hits and hit songs and yeah. you talking earlier about ones that, you know, you push through because you really believed in them and, you know, can you feel it? Is there is there a feeling or is there some awareness to when you've created something that's really special? Mm. You definitely feel it. It's hard to quantify, mm. um, which is, I think, the challenge of, of, of our, our job. But 100%, you, you know when you've communicated something to someone very well. How? You know when you've... Um, How does that feel well, to you? I think, I mean, I guess I was speaking generally. I think when you're talking to a friend, you sort of walk away um, like you've spoken all of your truth, you know? Mm. And I think songs can can be the same way, even even considering the fact that we're editing, right? Um, you still have a purpose for the song. You start, I start out with a title. I love starting with titles. And I've got, you know, thousands of voice memos of, you know, music things that happen on a piano or a guitar or something I sing in the car. Um, and, and I don't surprisingly have a lot of lyrical things, but I think that's because I kind of trained myself when I first started songwriting because I knew, you know, I have a scheduled songwriting session with someone at 11 o'clock on Tuesday, and I'm going to have to recreate the feeling I'm feeling on 3am on Saturday. So I kind of got to a place where I like sort of, and that's, that makes a lot of sense in the context of things, but I, I held on to a lot of emotions because I knew I'd have to tap into them at some point. So, yeah. um, so it's sort of, a, it starts with the title and the title is literally meant to be a trigger <laughs> funny enough. Um, and it sends you back there. And, and I think, um, the songs that I've written by myself happen when they're supposed to happen, they happen in the mm-hmm. moment. Um, but the songs that I've written with other people, you know, they start by yourself and then you continue them when you're in the room with them and when you're scheduled, uh, to be there. So I think, knowing that and having those songs there's a a feeling of totality and completion when you walk away and you know that you've shared all of your truth because not only you're not just sculpting a song you're expressing and by by nature the, the the more tapped in you are to that expression the more honest you are with that expression and the more of your truth you allow you can say a word it's not the same as singing a word and when you sing a word um if you're tapped into it you can feel it on the other end of the line you can you can hear and, and subconsciously we all know this that's why we're drawn to certain songs and we're not drawn to certain songs certain songs feel calculated to us we don't know why they feel calculated but they do they don't have an emotion on the other end mm-hmm. um and certain people you know um can it, it can sing the simplest line and you just break you know or Mm. um or they can they you know or you know there's pure joy in certain songs that feel like dance songs and there's also a reason why dance songs you know sometimes these happy songs only last so long with us because there's only so much of that that's actually Mm. there so you know i think for me my feeling when i know that i've really tapped into a song i leave the studio and i just feel like um and it's not 
it's not purely about like just me saying my truth. I know that by saying, by being fully present, by being fully truthful, I also gave the words the color that they needed. And, and I was able to supply the emotion behind that one note or that note was chosen because there was emotion behind it. It wasn't just, we strung these words together cleverly and then we figured out how they fit in an eight bar phrase. Um, everything went into it. And you sort of walk away and it's honestly kind of emotionally exhausting. When, it, when I leave a session, when I, yeah, when, I, when I leave a session that I feel like I've done well, I'm definitely just like, it, my day's done. <laughs> yeah. That makes perfect sense though. I mean, I'm curious how uh, about um, religion, because I've heard you talk about religion a fair amount, religion versus spirituality or and spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so the things that you're saying really make me feel like, you know, there's uh, in the quantum field, there's, or in consciousness, there's an, there's a frequency, there's an energy to truth. Mm-hmm. It holds a resonance. It has it res truth resonates with, with someone with you then with me. And so, or the listener. And so, you know, I'm curious how religion has played into your life because that all feels kind of spiritual. And now that you're out in LA, it's all spirituality out there. So <laughs> I mean, I lived in LA for a hot second and, yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm like a, I'm, I'm a spiritual nerd. So like I've got crystal bowls behind me and, you know, you can't see all my woo-woo stuff. I put my crystals out last night under the full moon. So, you know, that's nice. where I lean. Um, but, you know, I've sure had my fair experience with with religion as well. Um, but but that's sort of what it feels like to me is that there's, and I've thought this for a long time, that there's like a frequency or there's an energy or a, or a collective conscious awareness to truth. Mm. I believe that. I think, honestly, my relationship with religion um, is was the driving factor to me and my relationship with spirituality now um because i really struggled with certain aspects of religion mm-hmm. um especially anytime anything is monetized you just it, it, by nature it's flawed and you mean you mean the basket that goes around with putting money people, in it? You mean that one? it could be the it could be the basket i you know i had a priest i went to Catholic churches a lot when I was a kid. And I, that's all we, well, I went to Catholic church as a kid. And you grew up in you know, Louisiana. Was, yeah. Right? And there was this one priest that was constantly, you know, he'd, he'd deliver a, a 10 minute sermon and then he'd spend 30 minutes with a PowerPoint telling you how they were struggling to pay for the church. And I think that's when it became very clear. And I was like 12. Um, but I think that's when I started disconnecting religion from spirituality. Mm-hmm. And somewhere, and I was somewhere in the middle for a long time. And then I realized what I'm trying to find is spirituality. What I'm trying to understand is spirituality. What I want, what I'm craving is a connection with and an understanding of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's come in multiple forms. And I think from traveling the world and meeting people from, you know, from very different walks of life, it's opened my eyes in a beautiful way to understanding um, that there's a lot more to understand. And that is going to be a lifelong journey and a lifelong search for me. And I, um, and I love the, 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 I love the adventure of coming to understand that and understanding all the different perspectives. If there's, if there's a, uh, a faith that I don't understand, I, I long to understand it as best I can. Um, and I think it's, it's really allowed me to, to, to seek truth and not just belief. Mm. I love the, uh, the religion. <laughs> Maybe it's just cause I saw it on Instagram. Somebody made it up. I don't know. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but it's omnism, which is the belief is that you don't believe in any one religion, but that there's truth in all of them. And I think that's, mm. the tr- in fact, I would say that's actually the truth in general about mankind and the human and the human experience is that at a fundamental level, the core of what is desired or wanted or what feels good or what we're all aspiring to or trying for reaching for is the same. So Mm. it's kind of like religion of fundamentally, when you look at sort of the core values of all of them, it's like the same, it's kind of 
treat others as you would, you know, treat your, treat others as you would want, as you would treat yourself. Although actually the problem is we treat, treat ourselves like shit usually. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever listened to your inner monologue for a second and gone, wow, I would never be friends with that person, which is why mm-hmm. the real work is actually the inside job. Because once you fix the relationship with the words that you say to yourself, you start reflecting that back out into the world. And I think that mm-hmm. that's sort of like, and for me, that's a little bit where religion loses it is it's like you go to somewhere, you talk to someone, you hand yes. over your, I'm, you're like, oh, forgive me. It's like, forgive yourself. It's like the inside job. It's like, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to do the inside work, nothing outside of you. I mean, it can help for sure. I'm not saying it's all bad. I just think that it's, um, it's not the ultimate cure-all. It's more band-aid oriented in my mind. And so, um, you know, spirituality definitely is a sort of leans in that. Do you feel, have you felt a shift from like towards being more of an inside job? Yeah, I think, you know, the two reactions, because I, I have a lot of friends who are very, very devout in their religion. And I think mm-hmm. um, when we have these conversations, I find it really interesting. If you can remove the guilt of someone, you know, if you can, if you can appreciate the truth of appreciating truth, um, and rather than if, if you, you know, appreciate the truth about this faith, then that counters your own faith as long it, like that's, that's where things, in my opinion, get, mm. you know, you get the hiccup. And I, and I do also believe, um, cause, cause we are seeking truth in, in, as a, just as humans, as people. Right. Mm. Um, and, and there are so many truths. And, and all of that. And, and I have a lot of friends who are, did you say omnism? I've actually been looking for the word. Omnism. Somebody just, yeah, I have a lot of friends who, who, who are that way. And I, I love that. And I, um, and I also think that is a challenge. Um, the, the messaging, I do struggle with that when, you know, um, you're, 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 we're, you know, preached to about how we're created and how wonderful we are and then we're told that when we're broken uh we have to go somewhere else to 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 sort of fix it and that's not to say that you know prayer isn't isn't i think the messaging is slightly off you know that um that other people are supposed to fix us or that we even need to be fixed in 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 that sentence is so flawed in so many ways um and I, I do have a hard time when it's um, when it's when you're made to believe that you um, that it isn't already in you and you weren't created with the good that you're seeking, you know, um, and that, you know, that that when you are sort of depleted, uh, that you have to go to a place. Um, I, I, I think that messaging is flawed. And I think we. Um, we kind of live in on, I mean, my experience in society currently is that we're made to believe that. And, and that's not to say that this is really, this is really tricky because, um, because I do believe in asking for help and I believe in, um, you know, and I preach like, just like we go to the gym, we should be going to a therapist every week. If you don't have to be broken, you don't have to have anything to fix. You're just, mm. you're improving all the things that you have inside of you. There are so many people who have, helped me. Um, mm. and so many people that I, 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 I need to, mm. to help me, but they're helping me find myself. They're helping me, yeah. uh, see the things that I'm trying to, to see in myself that I really want to see in myself. Cause again, we need someone else to help reflect us back to us. Right. Um, I'm curious if you feel like in your, I don't know if it ends up being, I'm curious if it's like a song is a sort of a, a transitional or alchemizing sort of emotion. And it's like uh, within that held within that one song or, or does this end up happening in albums? Like, can you look at an album over time and go, Oh, that's when I was blah. And that's when I was, eh, and that's when I was, huh. <laughs> Right. And whatever was going on in your reality, in your world, emotionally, um, can you identify it through the album or is it more, more in songs? Both. <laughs> um, I think certain, cause every, I, I, 
very often talk about my life in album cycles. And I, I think part of it is, is in the past has been, you know, identity and mm -hmm. so much of myself and my music. But I also think part of it is they represent a, a chapter. Um, would a, you a indulge? Chapter. Would you indulge us and uh, go through like the albums and just get go like, okay, here was, here's where I was at here and here and here and here's where I'm at now, and then you know, future cast for me. Yeah, that's my favorite thing to do. Are you kidding me? How much time do you have? I'll do this all. Oh day my long. god, I love future casting. <laughs> I am so attached to outcomes. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I have all my dreams laid out. That's like, and they're great. I'm gonna make them happen. And then I realize I need to let go of things. But anyway, um, mm. yeah, please, I'd love to hear that because I think that the the growth cycle is so fascinating and so also admirable to say mm. yes to that growth. So many people don't. I mean, mm. you know. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. And some people don't have the means and some people don't have the sight. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, going, going backwards, I think I, you know, I, I use, I use this and this sort of imagery a lot, but I love talking about Legos because, um, you know, you, 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 sure. you buy this thing, you got a box, you have the instructions, you build the thing. And then I think the most beautiful part is when you realize, I've got all these pieces. I can do whatever I want. I can make whatever I want out of it, you know? And I have all these pieces and I'm sort of, I, I see myself in my music like that. Um, with every success that I've had, I'm taking forward the lesson of what's, what's possible, not just what we accomplished, but what can be accomplished mm. um, from, from a beginning to, you know, from a vision of, of something you want to, to getting there. You know, I saved before you saw us on the Care Underwood tour, I had a note when I moved to, to, to Nashville, whatever that was, 11, 12 years ago, um, just a, a note. And, and at the time I would go on Google Earth on my sort of days that I wasn't writing or making music. Um, and I went to every major city and I found every arena and I Wikipedia searched what that arena could hold with an end stage concert. I had the capacities. I knew where the loading docks were. I knew where the buses parked. And I had this for like 120 arenas around the country and I played 95 of them and I knew every single one of them uh, yeah. when we played them on the Carrie Underwood tour because I had, I had gone and I had dreamed it up. And I also knew what the set was going to look like before we built it. And You manifesting um, mother. <laughs> I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I thought it was crazy. Like I thought like these, you know, these dream boards that I had, like the fact that I would spend so much time, you know, envisioning in my head, like what the production would look like three years before I could even afford a production. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. I just thought I was dreaming of something that made me happier. Um, I didn't know that I was actually just like driving towards that thing. Thoughts so, become things. Yeah. So it, it, I'm really grateful that I got to experience that so quickly mm. and take that as a, as a future truth, not just a, a dream or an idea, not just something somebody had told me, but I can actually speak to it now. And I can say, no, it's funny because I didn't believe, I didn't even believe in the science behind it. I didn't even know the science behind it. I thought I was crazy. I thought at some point, some really smart therapist would tell me, you know, you should really probably stop doing that. It's not good for you. I had no idea that it was actually really good for me and it worked. Mm -hmm. I watched it work. I watched it happen. And I've watched it happen many times since then. I was going to so, say, and you can use it. Not only do you know and have sight to the what happened, but you can go, oh, wow, this is a tool. Yeah, it's a brilliant tool. Um, and now I'm kind of like, okay, what do I, what do I want to build? Like I've, I've modeled after, you know, other people's success for, for so long. And I've done version, my own versions of it, mm. but now I'm, now I'm kind of like, okay, what's the, what's the big picture thing that I know will play to my strengths and how can I like give all of me? Cause I, I, you know, um, I, part of me, I love producing other artists as well. I love working with new artists. I love working with new artists. Um, you know, I, I'm grateful to be able to give my perspective, but I'm also just like, you know, one of the things that Dan Huff did for me was the mirror. He told me, he was like, I'm, I'm just here to be a mirror. So you can kind of see your music through mm -hmm. somebody else's lens, which is full circle that we're kind of speaking in those terms now, but um, he did that. And I love, I love doing that with other artists and, and new artists sort of finding their sound and finding their voice. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's something I'm really passionate about and love to do. Um, that's not, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to let that take away from my own artistry. <laughs> I'm selfish, 
but I want to build that as part of my career. I want that to be part of what I do and help, you know, young new artists develop their thing and find their thing. I get the fact I can feel that it's like future casting is far more fun. And I think that forget it. We don't need to worry about the past then let's do that. Let's keep going. Because I think that that's, you know, um, so powerful and, um, you know, you're calling it in and that's like, I mean, honestly, that's kind of plays into a little bit of spirituality too, where, you know, there's more power in your reality than you realize and the power of the mind and power of words. And you should probably write a song called Abracadabra. Um, but, um, you know, you know, in ancient times, I mean, Abracadabra was like, you know, the words said became spells, like they're powerful, powerful things coming out of your mouth. Um, but I, I think that, uh, I think it's a great lesson for people because yes, sometimes people stumble onto it and sometimes people haven't even, haven't stumbled onto it or don't believe in it. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think this could fit into that context a little bit religiously of like, you know, predetermined, you know, sort of course in life and life is happening to you, um, instead of happening for you and showing you, you and giving you the power to, uh, make changes. Um, but what other, you talked about dream boards and I mean, I've done the same thing with myself, whether it's like, I want to build something at my house or I want whatever it is that I want in my world, screenshot things and I'll keep them in my phone or, you know, you know, yes, pictures, collect them into a folder about something I want to do. And sure enough, these things become real. Like you're like, you look back and you can go, dude, it's exactly what I was screenshotting. It's exactly the tear outside of the magazine. It's exactly, or, you know, exactly the person that I literally wrote into my phone and, or wrote on a piece of paper and said, I want this to be, I want X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, X, Z, all the way down. And you get them and you're like, holy shit. Mm. So what other dream board stuff have come true? Have come true. Um, it's really funny because early on it was a lot of tour buses, private planes, and cars. Because I'm a car guy. I well, okay, I can't say that. I can't say I don't feel like I can say that in this context. But <laughs> normally, that's something I feel very confident in talking about. I don't at the moment, but you could. Um, I don't um, know about I, cars. I know that might I, shock you, but I don't know about cars. I um, I love design. I love um, I love intentionality. I love just the thought behind design. I love, I also think, you know, not currently so much, but I love the era study of eras, I should say, where cars were art. They had to appeal to us emotionally. Um, and so I love the cars that I can feel that with. Uh, to, in my opinion, one of the most iconic things is a Shelby Cobra. And that's like, that's something I really, really want. Um, the only but one I, that I like. It's the only old car I like. I don't like <laughs> really? Cars. I like new cars, but I mostly don't even care about cars. But <laughs> Cobra is the one. Did you have a Shelby Cobra in your music video? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, yeah. But even that said, like, I love driving and I know this is going to be sacrilegious to a lot of people listening to this, but I don't want one with a V8 because I didn't get to really experience or yeah an eight cylinder i didn't really get to experience the car in the context that i was driving it i want something that i can actually have a lot of fun with Mm. um and i i've but i guess my point is i had cars on my dream board and i've you know owned or driven almost all of them uh, at this point um and when i say all of them it's not like it's a crazy you know like I've driven the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris. I've not owned. That's not a thing that, that makes me happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I have driven them and I've had a blast. Um, I've owned the more practical versions of them because I can enjoy them. I can, I can look at it every day and go, okay, I feel good about my, my, my money, my spending, those kind of things. And I'm still You're Hunter Hayes. You can go buy a sports car. If you want, <laughs> people are going to expect you to have a sports car. You're a famous musician. Yeah, I think more of the practicality. <laughs> you know, I look at like uh, the car parked next to me in the garage right now. It's this gorgeous Ferrari California. Not my favorite Ferrari, if I'm being honest, but it is stunning. But I look at that and I think, yeah, but I could have a vintage Neve console that I could not only make records with, but I could also rent out for people to use. And I, c- I could look at something that makes anyway. So it's just practicality. But 
Um, that's fun. Like, I'll never forget. I have the picture. I thought I had it over here. I was going to point to it, but I don't, I don't think I'll put it up yet. Um, you know, I have a, the picture of my first private plane ride. Um, and I'll just, I'll never forget that flight because it was just like, it just changed my life. Like, I was just like, okay, this is something I got to work towards. Like, this is good. This is a good thing. And it's not something that happens often, but I celebrate it when it does happen. And I enjoy I it when it happens, you know? That is an um, absolute line item in my life with my financial investment. <laughs> like, yeah, private planes, that's a must. And I know I, I'm like champagne problems. I get it. I get it. But <laughs> like, it's that gr- I mean, okay, we'll just stop now. This is Well, I think, I think, but no, I think the point of this is saying, you know, that for a long time was an un- imaginable dream mm. that felt very out of reach. And even though that's not a part of my reality, like consistently, um, it has happened and it does happen every now and then, you know, I, there have been gigs I've taken because I got to fly private, like no shame. <laughs> that's why I took the gig. So, you know, it's just what decisions do you want to make and what, you know, what feeds your soul and what really is a priority. And I think that's when I realized, no, my priorities aren't the buses, the cars, the planes, my priority is playing on the stage. And right now my, my future dream board is I'm, I'm envisioning what it's going to be like. My relationship with performing changed when I um, went on like my major label, like my first uh, radio tour because um, my art it, it, approval was so important and uh, so critical to the next step. And and approval was tied to literally everything that I wanted. So my relationship with performing changed and I, I'm working my way back to my original relationship and I am very excited. You know, the next time I walk on stage, um, I know that I won't be there. I know it's gonna take some, some practice and some effort, but I'm very excited to walk on stage and and have the relationship with music that I had when I was six years old and seven years old. Um, and, and just go out there and just be me and just love, I, I am myself. I'm most, that's not true. I am very, I am myself on stage, but I also leave things out. And I also, you know, all of my anxiety is wrapped around approval and, and, um, and I think that keeps me from being uh, fully present on stage. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to, to rebuild that relationship and walk out on stage and do the same shows I've done. Um as my full self. Yeah. You know, um, you're a Virgo, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, do you know what the nature of Virgo is? Um, I've heard different versions of it from different people, but yes, essentially. Yes. So you're saying that you want approval. It's like the problem with a Virgo. So I took a couple levels of astrology, so I have some experience and knowledge. Um, not no way expert, but I have some, and, um, my son six sits in the sixth house, which is the house of Virgo. And so I'm an Aries son, but it sits in the sixth house, which is important. It's a, it's a critical element of the chart. Um, but your, 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 your son is in Virgo and Virgos are, so I know it. That's why I'm speaking to it is because I know this and I have the same, like I had a total meltdown last year when I was asked to, uh, write down when I knew I'd made it or what I was Mm. proud of. And I was like, I I can't, like, I don't know. I did. I, and like Mm. ability to be able to see what's actually been done is Mm. like a blind spot. And so it's like you want the wanting that sort of approval is um, illusionary a little bit because you never end up feeling it Uh is you got to come from yourself. And Uh so um, anyway, I just I mentioned when Uh I was reading up and looking at a few odds and ends about you, um, I, I wondered if you were a Virgo and I saw that you were and I was like, oh, man, I'll have to tell him it's such a. It's a tough one because Virgos are so detail oriented. They're artistic. They're they're analytical. They're um, practical. Um, they're high achievers. Um, health okay. conscious. There's like a lot of great things about a Virgo, but the problem is, is their your ability to be able to actually see what you've done and take ownership and own the accomplishments is is like very very hard to access. I connect with that. I totally connect with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I really, I'm 
giving you sight, you've accomplished so much. Like you, and as I said it early on about having your own identity within music and not necessarily being able to put your finger on the genre or exactly what it is, is speaking to the talent that you have. Because otherwise, if you don't have, if it's not coming from in you, you have to fit into a box. Like you got to find a box, mm. right? Um, mm. So you've, you've, I mean, I could play Wanted on end over and over again. Such a good song. I mean, you've created some really great music. And um, and so I think that, and just your 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 level of um, vulnerability and honesty is so rare. Like, thank you for this conversation because you're giving a lot of people a lot of a lot of ways to see themselves and relate. And um, also I think what it speaks volumes to is the quality and the and integrity of your music. I sincerely appreciate that. Thank mm. you. Thank mm. you. Mm. So I'm giving you all the credit. You can have it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The I know you won't probably for. take it all, but. <laughs> no, I sincerely appreciate that. Honestly. Thank you. I, I, thank you. Yeah. Because I, I, I also love the application of the more you can give yourself credit for, the more you can give other people credit for as well. You know. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, congrats on everything. And you've got new music out and cool new uh, music videos with Shelby Cobras in it. And, um, and, uh, you know, a new, new site, new yeah. views, not only externally, but internally. So you're doing the work, man. Good job. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for the conversation. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.